Welcome to the Wesleyan Podcast, bringing you news and financial tips for doctors, dentists, teachers and lawyers. And now, here's your host. Hello, I'm Neil Whelan, PR Manager here at Wesleyan. This week's podcast is about the recent GP contract changes and how the locum reimbursement element might impact on practices. As you might expect, there's a lot to cover, so we've split it into two episodes. This is part one, and we hope you find it useful. Hello, my name's Linton Penman, and I am the product manager for the Group Locum Insurance at Wesleyan. Uh, I have with me today uh, Graham Layfield, who is the National Account Manager for Group Locum, and we're going to talk about the changes to the GP sickness absence uh, contracts and the effect that that may have on locum insurance. So, Graham, um, what is the background to these changes? Um, what were they, and why do you think the NHS have made them in the first place? Well, firstly, hello, Linton. Uh, nice to see you again. Um, yeah, they're actually quite a significant and positive change uh, announced to the GP contracts um, across England, Scotland, and Wales. Um, the actual changes themselves allow uh, surgeries to plan knowing that they're going to get some guaranteed supports uh, for to provide an income where GPs are absent. Uh, the BMA and NHS have obviously negotiated the contract changes and they've uh, made a couple of stated aims when they communicated it out to practices. Obviously the, the obvious first uh, intention is to help practices to reduce their own personal practice liability um, when they suffer the absence of a GP through ill health. Um, and that has the knock-on effect of by reducing their liability, helps them reduce their costs, which protects their li- um, protects their profitability, and helps protect the income for the partners and the business. The second stated aim is also to encourage practices to look to improve the situation for salaried doctors and other key staff in relation to them suffering absence through ill health, so looking at things like improving sick pay arrangements for salaried doctors. So that sounds like pretty good news for GPs, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But what sort of impact will that have on the existing group locum cover that they may have? Well, pretty much every practice has got some form of contingency plan in place. Um, for most, it will involve um, an insurance policy of some type. Um, for some, it's just to use savings that may be held in the capital account, and for others, it's simply a case of, at the moment, if we suffer any costs, it'll come out of our profitability in each year. So, almost every practice has got some form of contingency arrangement, but as I say, for the majority of them, it will be some form of insurance um, arrangement. Now, to give you an idea of, of the impact of the the changes, we were monitoring the levels of insurance that people were requesting and applying for uh, in the couple of months prior to the announcement of the changes in England back in February. And then we applied applied the new support that's being received to those. And we'd estimate that on average, anything up to 75% reduction in the amount of insurance that would be needed uh, because of the similar reduction in the liabilities for practice. So a, a significant uh, reduction in the need for insurance. That um, has a knock-on benefit to the practice by reducing their um, insurance premiums. 
What it does mean, of course, is that for the majority of those um, insurance policies, they were set up and arranged before the announcement back in February um, and recently confirmed for Scotland and Wales. So it'll mean that an awful lot of the insurance policies were set up assuming that there's no support from the NHS. So an awful lot of people may have policies where there are far greater level of insurance than they need. There is very little point in paying for insurance that you don't need or can't use. So it's quite important that people review that and reassess the needs uh, based on the receipt of the new support. So that might suggest then that GPs don't really need their group local insurance anymore? Well, that's absolutely not the case. There's a reduction in the uh, liabilities that practices will have undoubtedly, but we've seen locum insurance costs rise over the last two or three years, and certainly if you're looking at three-quarter or full-time doctors, the level of support that's going to be available from the NHS um, even in the first six months, won't meet full costs of absence. Um, and obviously the benefit reduces in the second six months, so those liabilities um, are even greater that period. So there's still a need for insurance. The important thing is to get the right level of insurance to tie in and, and to fit the insurance around the support that's now going to be paid. Okay, so not quite as clear-cut as you might first uh, think. So important then to get proper advice? Absolutely. Um, It's something that we've been able to do at the time of recording. We've had a couple of months where we've been out with practices, um, reassessing needs. And one of the great advantages is of having a network of specialist GP-exclusive financial advisors is that their knowledge is unique, it's tailored, it's specific to the needs of our customers and therefore we've been able to help customers reassess uh, the the liabilities they have and therefore their insurance needs going forward. So that's the end of part one. Part two will be coming next week. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast to ensure you don't miss it. In the meantime, if you'd like to find out more about Wesleyan's locum insurance or indeed any of our products or services, visit the website at wesleyan.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at Wesleyan. Thank you.